Hello and welcome back to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. It's time now for our monthly preview show. This is where we like to go through the previews books, give you guys a little bit of a sense of what's coming up soon, what titles are deserving of our own hard-earned or relatively hard-earned cash, and uh, basically just let you know the cool things that are coming out. And this is going to be the previews book that is out this December. And of course, the way comics work, it's always for titles two months two months in advance. So therefore, this is going to be mostly releases in February, though there are a few advanced solicits beyond that. So your host is always Alan, owner of Coffee and Heroes in Smithfield, Belfast. So I'm the guy you come to if you want any of these titles, and we get those straight on your pull list. I'm always delighted to be joined by Mr. Keith Miller, not long out of a... a enduring karate session i believe but i can still feel the excitement coming through oh buzzing buzzing and where you're the guy that they talk to uh you know whenever they want any of these titles i'm normally the guy if i'm lucky enough to be in the shop that sits beside you and pushes these titles like some sort of skanky drug dealer in a back street yeah i mean i really need to pay you but not in skanky drugs clearly But yeah, you know, uh, Keith's voice is as well known as mine at this point in the store, so it's uh, it's an opinion people trust, so he's always there to offer his sage-like advice also, uh, in this case. so. But yeah, we basically go through the books, we break it down, we, you know, we pick out single issues, we pick out starting points, we pick out some trade paperback collections or hardcover collections of titles we've certainly enjoyed as well. We go through the DC book, we go through the Marvel book, and then we always go through the indie stuff as well. The indie one's always the most interesting one for me because... DC and Marvel, the information is relatively easy to come across, but sometimes with the indie stuff, there's small print runs. Yeah, you maybe need a little bit of guidance with it because it's such a thick previews book that it can be easy to miss stuff as well. So uh, I should say as well, the books are always available in store. So we always have them sitting in the corner of the store over by the previews board. You're more than welcome to flick through them. Uh, have a little look. There's sign-up sheets there for any titles as well, just in case you're in-store. I should say that they are store copies. Recently, I've had a couple of people come in, go over to that corner. They see the book sitting there, and they see free on it. And I, there was one guy actually lifted the previous book and started walking out the door. I, I sort of said, uh, you all right there? Oh, yeah, it says free on this. I was like, no, they're the store copies. But you're more than welcome to sit and have a look. He's like, no, it doesn't matter then. <laughs> I walked out. <laughs> you can't make it up. You can't make it up. Maybe you need to be more specific. Free to browse. Free to browse, yeah. Maybe I just need to stick a big massive sticker on the front of it and, you know, keep that clarity level high. But but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive straight into the books. We'll break down a wee little bit of an intro to let you know what to expect and then, you know, deep dive into the books. So you know, I usually take point on the DC book and uh, with a little bit of an intro, but to be honest, it's a it's a strange DC month, I think. You know, I should know it's strange when you look at DC Connects and uh, it's not a Batman title on the cover. What is that about? Uh, it's actually Ooh. kicking off with a, an Aquaman-based series, which looks to be a team-up book uh, between the, the different Aquaman series, between Aquaman the Becoming and, and so on and so forth, written by Chuck Brown, but we'll get into that in a little bit later. And then from there, it's mainly a, a selection of, I wouldn't say niche titles, but definitely spotlighting some of DC's lesser-known characters. But the thing that's important here is even with these, you know, quote, lesser-known characters, there's some great creative teams on these. I mean, there's a, a Suicide Squad title that normally I would have zero interest in, but it's the team behind that brilliant Constantine Hellblazer run. So, so it's important, I think, that, you know, we always showcase, you know, following those creators as opposed to characters as well. 
But the one thing I will say that the DC book definitely has going for it this month is really strong graphic novel collections. You know, there's trade paperbacks of some of the titles we talk about in the reviews pod all the time. There's a, a giant absolute for for me a, a key DC book and understanding the the entire DC multiverse is is getting the absolute treatment, as I say. And then as well, there's an omnibus that I've been waiting years to come back and print because trying to get this omnibus on the second-hand market is a pricey situation. Uh, oh, interesting. Oh, yes, and it's one of my favorite DC titles of the last 20 years, and it comes from, again, some creators that we always talk about, so we'll certainly get onto that as well. Tons of great stuff continuing, of course. It's just it's a month where a lot of things are ongoing, you know, things are at issue four or at issue six, that kind of thing. But we'll certainly showcase a couple of those as well. But but yeah, it's a strong month title wise, but I would say not a lot of jumping on points as we, we always like to stress. But uh yeah, we'll get to the DC book in a little bit. So that is the DC side of things. How is that Marvel book looking? Quite the opposite in the the second month of uh, 2022, which is when these books will be released. So we're we're over the the new year hump, but there's still plenty of I would say jumping on points in in this month's Marvel book. And Marvel have been fairly generous this month, not just giving us February solicitation, but giving us the first week or so of March's as well. Despite the fact they haven't described any of those, so it's a wee bit of a wee bit of a titillation. But the uh, the highlight I think of uh, Marvel in February is a brand new Ghost Rider series written by Benjamin Percy uh, and starring the original motorcycle riding flame-headed spirit of vengeance uh, Johnny Blaze uh, and that will be celebrating the character's 50th anniversary and Mr. Blaze isn't the only character who's coming back uh, for a new series in February We've got one that wouldn't normally be of terrible interest to me. Uh, that's Carnage, and he's getting a special one-shot in, in February in advance of an ongoing series, which is debuting in March, and that's got Ram V at the helm. So, you know, Ram V is a, is a, a friend of ours from the, from the podcast and writing, you know, such fantastic books as The Many Deaths of Leila Starr and Swamp Thing for DC. So uh, it'd be hard to ignore that. Um do you remember the Slingers, Alan? Or was that before your time, your, before your interest in Amazing Spider-Man? I think that might just be slightly before my time. Okay, well, the Slingers were... Uh, the Slingers were a, a group of characters that were introduced in May 1998 uh, in a, a book called... or a, a, It was in Amazing Spider-Man, but in a storyline called Identity Crisis. Mm-hmm. Um and Spider-Man was effectively framed by Norman Osborn for the, the death of a murder of a small-time crook who had web fluid filling his lungs when he died. And, uh, you know, so there's a there's a $5 million reward posted for Spidey. And uh, so in, in order to protect himself, Spidey sheds his identity and takes on four other alternative identities, the Hornet, Prodigy, Dusk, and uh, Ricochet, um, who then eventually went on to get their own book uh, and became the identities of other characters and so forth. Well, they are back in Amazing Spider-Man, so that's part of the the Spider-Man Beyond uh, deal that we're going through at the minute. Um, Ecstatics is back. Ecstatics was uh, a book that spun out of later issues of X-Force. Um, it was delayed, and it's by the original creative team of Mark Allred, Peter Mulligan, and Laura Allred. Not my bag, necessarily but you know this isn't necessarily about me um we've got 
We've got a couple of uh, of interesting books as well. We've got the launch of a brand new Iron Fist, uh, with a new alter ego taken over from from Danny Rand uh, with the power of Xiao Lao. Uh, so we'll be interested to see that. I'm a big Danny Rand fan. I'm aware that there are certain modern day problems with the character. You know, the great white hero. Uh, you know, going into a, 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 another culture and, and and becoming you know mastering that culture's skills and saving everybody you know i know that's that's sort of problematic these days i will miss danny but i'm really interested to see what's coming we've got the secret x-men uh which is is interesting one of the first new books spinning out you know from the post uh the post krakowin era or the post uh jonathan hickman era of x-men we've got uh devil's reign which concludes in march continuing with uh, some crossovers uh and uh well, I mean, that's plenty. That's plenty. There's there's loads going on in Marvel, and I think there's plenty of jumping on points as well. And uh, loads of good TPPs as well. Well, that's, that's good to see. I mean, I would certainly say that Marvel's strength this month is variety. I think there's a little something for everyone there. As you say, whether it's sort of the, the darker side of the Marvel Universe, things like Ghost Rider and Carnage, but the X-Fans, there's stuff there for, you know... There's some interesting stuff that I know that a couple of guys in the store are excited about related to the Spidey universe as well. So there's there's tons to look forward to there. Uh, so that's DC and Marvel. When it comes to the indie book, I think it's no surprise to see that indie, uh, that Image have a very, very strong month in February. There's a couple of new number ones kicking off. One specifically that has my my attention again from Mr. Cy Spurrier, who we will be chatting about certainly in the DC side of things as well. Mm-hmm. A really interesting one. Uh, it's almost more like a... I don't know how they'll present it. It almost sounds like a reference book, but it's going to be the official Image timeline. It's going to be chronicling 30 years of Image Comics and it's um, being put together by some of the the founders of Image uh, as well so that'll be interesting to see there's some beautiful looking hardcovers including one deluxe hardcover I'm really looking forward to a brilliant title from Daniel Warren Johnson who did such great work on Wonder Woman Dead Earth and Better Ray Bill recently for example there's also a trade paperback collection of one of our favourite titles from the year which uh, the last issue of which is due out this week Depending when you listen to this, this is the the week of the misplaced delivery from Diamond. So, uh, <laughs> more information is available. Um, and then, yeah, there's also what looks to be a, a massive crossover event uh, being spearheaded by the the team behind Radiant Black and the the current writer of Power Rangers as well. So Kyle Higgins and Ram Parrot. So something to look forward to. I mean, away from Image, there's still some other really good stuff. There's one from Boom that really has uh, a lot of attention for him. It's actually a prequel to David Fincher's next movie, uh, which looks really interesting. Uh, I see one of our another friend of the podcast, another creator, has finally got his wish. He has been talking about wanting to jump on a franchise for quite some time. Recently did a little one shot recently, which I believe went down well, and looks oh, like yes. he's going to be on a new uh, a new ongoing for that. Oh. We've got an Aftershock title from local creators, Garth Ennis writing, PJ Holden on art. We have uh, an interesting looking one from Ablaze Comics, which is co-created and drawn by one of the best Daredevil artists in years, Marco Cicchetto. Although saying that Daredevil's never had a bad artist, to be honest. Uh, Just like it's never had a bad writer. And then beyond that, there's a few other interesting things that have caught our eye. New AWA title, some trade paperbacks, uh, and actually a Valiant title that has my attention for the first time and I don't know how long, basically because it's heavily related to a computer game that came out in the good olden days of the Dreamcast. But again, we'll certainly get to that as well. 
So yeah, tons to enjoy in the indie book. But again, with the indie book, we'll be sort of highlighting the things that have caught our eye. But there's far more beyond that. So again, if you ever get the chance to pop in this store and have we have we look through, you'll you'll maybe find some gems in there yourself. So so yeah, that's the sort of general breakdowns. We'll deep dive into them a little bit. We'll kick things off with the DC book. I mean, we normally start with DC anyway, but I think also as well, there's there's not tons to unpack here, as I say. I mean, it, it is slightly worrying sometimes, you know, as a Batman fan, how reliant DC are on new Batman titles. <laughs> and when they don't have any to announce, the previous book seems thin. Now, if I had been DC, I would have led with uh, Detective Comics 1051, uh, by uh, Tamaki and uh, Max Rayner, and the reason being only because of the solicit, which starts with "Psycho Pirate Kiss Kiss A." <laughs> how can you? How can you not? Sounds love? like the start of an eighties disco theme, doesn't it? It is the start of uh, the Talking Head Psycho Killer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just slightly repurposed, and I saw that and I thought, "Well done, DC. Well done." <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose the only reason I didn't really showcase uh, Detective too much, I mean, Detective Comics is going through a, a weekly format, uh, starting, I believe, with 1047, and it's going to be a 12-weeks uh, event, and in this previews book, we're smack bang in the middle of it, so it's not really jumping on point, but the, the story does I'm sound it. interesting. I'm not saying you should showcase it. I'm just, I just really felt I needed to mention that. Uh, <laughs> that particular oh, anything that brings attention to the bat, I, I'm all about mentioning, of course. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is a, a, as Keith says, Detective Comics is the first solicit that's actually in the book, 1051. So again, that is the uh, the weekly event now. With that Detective Comics event, that hasn't started yet, so you do still have time to to sign up for that. That certainly won't be a problem. Uh, there are some glorious looking covers for this with Shadows of the Bat on there, a Psycho Pirate one for 1051, a beautiful uh, Penguin one, 1053. Although interestingly, I see by the time we hit 1053, it'll have Keith's attention just because it says Nightwing versus Psycho Pirate. So, oh, but, yeah. but it does jump from 1051 to 1053, which is very strange. But go figure that one out. Uh, 10, 1052 and 10... No, no, the way... The, well... Yeah, 1052 and 1053 and 1054 and there as well. You're maybe just missing them. Yeah, maybe so. This is the uh, the download of the DC Connect I'm going through. But yeah, the first one to uh, jump onto then properly is Aquaman. So this is a brand new number one. This is written by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas. Brandon Thomas, of course, has been doing Aquaman The Becoming. He's been doing a, a, quite a few DC titles recently. The art in this is Sammy Basri. And again, this is going to... So so Aquaman's had a few spin-off series recently. There was the Future State Aquaman, which focused on a different character, uh, which was then became the Aquaman The Becoming, which was a six-issue mini-series spin-off. But they've also done a six-issue mini-series spin-off for Black Manta. So those two series are going to end, and then those two titles are going to collide along with Aquaman for Arthur Curry as well. So, yeah, this is going to be, from what I can tell, it's going to be an ongoing. There's no um, solicit there to say that it's going to be a uh, mini-series or anything like that. So... It's a strange one. Aquaman, for us anyway, in our store, it's never sold particularly well with Arthur Curry, but Aquaman The Becoming, it seems to have a decent wee audience. Uh, there seem to be quite a few people enjoying that, so I'll be curious to see if people jump on this. I mean, the covers look great, the solicit sounds interesting, so 
When a terrorist in middle America is revealed as an Atlantean sleeper agent seemingly gone rogue, the Aquaman, Arthur Curry, and Jackson Hyde are on the case, but it soon becomes clear that the tragedy was not just a single bad actor, but the beginnings of a much larger, more dangerous chain reaction and the heart of an explosive Atlantean conspiracy. If Arthur's not careful, the secrets he's keeping from Mira, Tula, Tempest, Atlantis, the surface, and even Jackson could cause a rift from which the Aquaman may never recover. So I'll certainly give the first couple issues a go. I'm not the biggest Aquaman reader, but uh, I have been enjoying Brandon Thomas's stuff recently. And uh, Sammy Basri's a, a great artist as well. You're not really a big Aquaman guy either. I was an Aquaman guy for a while. Um, and then I, I hopped off it. I have got no notion who Jackson Hyde is. Uh, so I'll be interested in in finding out. And um, I mean, Chuck Brown, Brown is a is a stalwart, but Brandon Thomas, his work on Excellence recently has been fantastic. So that alone could make me certainly hop on for the first issue. Excellent, excellent. So that's Aquaman or Aquaman number one. So and again, the, the sort of going through the DC Connect book from there, as I say, it's it's interesting sort of side characters almost. You've got a limited series called Monkey Prince coming out. But good creative team on it. Jin Lun Yang, uh, writing duties and art by Bernard Chang as well. Now, could this be your kind of thing? I see the words, the great sage, and think, is this a Keith title? Well, you know, the... It, that, it's, that's a no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the kung fu sort of... It is clearly a take on, on, on Monkey, the, you know, the... Uh, the the old TV show and the the old uh, kung fu legend and crossing that into the DC DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe I can see Monkey there as that pigsy in the background. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Jean Lun Yang has been doing fantastic work on uh, Shang Chi, uh, and uh, so yeah, again, that's that's something that I could potentially hop into. It could be a Keith title. Uh, the next title could very well be a Keith title, but for the format. Prestige getting harder and harder, but... Plus. Yes, sir. So this, the next title is uh, Suicide Squad Blaze. From the team of Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell, who brought us DC's best title of the last couple of years, which was uh, John Constantine the Hellblazer, uh, the late lamented and uh, gone too soon. Um, it is Prestige Plus. It's a, a three-parter, which these tend to be. It's... Uh, maybe a slightly more mature audience by the looks of it. it says the attacks begin without warning brutal sudden cannibalistic a metahuman with all the power of superman but none of his humanity an unstoppable being ruled only by hunger and instinct striking at random across the world to stop this threat harley quinn peacemaker captain boomerang and king shark have been assigned to corral nursemaid and if necessary execute five deadly new recruits the expendable product of a secret government procedure called blaze they're ordinary prisoners endowed with incredible power and the certain knowledge that it'll burn through them like wildfire. Six months to live, maximum. If you're staring down a life at prison, maybe that's a good deal, especially if you're Michael Van Zant, desperate to reunite with the mad lover who forsook you after your Bonnie and Clyde crime spree. Um, sounds really interesting. Uh, really expensive. <laughs> really hard to store. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, this is this is a temptation given, you know, given that 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 creative team, I have to say, looks gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I would suggest that if uh, if this doesn't get you onto silly size books, I don't think anything will, to be honest, because mm. as you say, you obviously adored that title so much. The uh, 
the run on Hellblazer from those guys. I mean, reading through that solicit a wee tiny bit more as well, the next part of it actually sounds a bit like an old Straczynski title called Rising Stars. Um, so they talk about power and they say it's surprisingly transferable. As each member of the squad dies, the others get stronger. So that brings a, a unique little sort of selling point to that as well. You know, obviously the Suicide Ooh. Squad don't particularly trust each other. But if they know that if they kill one of the other ones, they all get more powerful, that could throw in some interesting wrinkles. I would suggest that maybe that's only the that's only the the, the five deadly new recruits mm-hmm. that are linked by this Blaze process that get stronger. I doubt that that applies to Harley and Peacemaker and Boomerang and King Shark. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Only one way to find out, Keith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask you after you read it. <laughs> Yeah, if it's if this doesn't get you on the silly size and a jock written and drawn Batman title doesn't get to be on the silly size, I officially give up. I think it's. <laughs> I think we're done. I think we're done. No, I think my work here is done. The fact that we now officially refer to it as silly size. Well, I don't refer to it as silly. Size. <laughs> you just have, sir. That's a that's a Keithism right there. Well, one thing that is not silly size, but something we would highly, highly recommend, simply because we've probably showcased every single issue of it so far on the reviews pod is Robin Volume 1, which is uh, subtitled The Lazarus Tournament. So this looks like it's going to contain the first six issues, as well as the prelude story from 106, uh, Batman 106. That was the first backup story after Infinite Frontier. And also from Detective 1034, that was a wee two-parter. So again, we have showcased this title to the hill. Joshua Williamson writing, Gleb Melnikoff, is mostly uh, the artist on this, though. Jorge Corona stepped in. I believe it was issue four, an issue uh, that explored uh, the relationship between Raz Al Ghul and Damien, which was excellent as well. So we don't really need to say much about this title. Again, we we, we spotlight it to the absolute hilt, and it's a normal-sized comic, Keith. Uh, Damien Wayne meets uh, Ender the Dragon. So what more do you really need to know? So... Yeah, so that is uh, the Robin trade paperback. And then again, as I say, the the other things that certainly stand out for me in this book are actually more collected editions uh, and they're sort of premium format uh, collected editions. And by that, I don't mean silly size, which you'll be happy to know, Keith. Uh, The first one is Absolute Multiversity. Now, Absolute Multiversity is one of Grant Morrison's magnum opuses. The man has several, of course. Uh, (laughs) With Absolute... he could. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, Grant Morrison doesn't do small scale stuff. He's a man with big ideas. He has, he he knows the uh, the DC universe in and out, inside and out. And this was almost a way of him showing the entire DC multiverse. It almost works as a guidebook, but there were individual stories in between it uh, as well. So written by Grant Morrison, but you have a, a cavalcade of great artists on this. You know, Ivan Rice, Joe Prado, Ben Oliver, Cameron Stewart. Jim Lee, Scott Williams, Frank Quitely, you know, all these great artists. So when this is going to be blown up to absolute size, it's going to look gorgeous. So, But the solicit basically goes with, you know, the biggest adventure in DC's history is here. Join visionary writer Grant Morrison, today's most talented artists, and a cast of unforgettable heroes from 52 alternative Earths of the DC multiverse. Prepare to meet the Vampire League of Earth-43, the Justice Riders of Earth-18, Superdemon Doc Fate, the Super Sons of Superman and Batman, the Rampage and Retaliators of Earth-8, the Atomic Knights of Justice, Dino Cop, uh, Sister Miracle, Lady Quark, and the latest greatest superhero of Earth-Prime, you. So, yeah, I absolutely love multiversity. There is one book that actually is a guidebook. He literally breaks down all 52 multiverses and talks about what makes each one unique, so... 
the multiverse idea, of course, is, you know, in, in the DC universe is Earths where our heroes went down a slightly different path. So, for example, there's one Earth where all the male superheroes that we're familiar with are all female, and all the female superheroes that we're familiar with are male. There's one where they're all animals. There's one where there's they're all villains. There's just all these different... It's just a really, really interesting look at the DC universe, and again, only Grant Morrison could uh, keep that amount of information in his head and then uh, <laughs> be able to spew it out onto the page. Whether we all understand it, of course, is a totally different thing, but... Uh, yeah, that is uh, definitely on my list. Uh, I'm a big fan of the absolute format. Uh, I believe it is an advanced solicit. It's not until uh, later in the year. But again, these these bigger premium ones, they do take longer for them to print and bind and so forth. So they take the pre-orders uh, a little bit earlier. Looks to be a July release. Yeah, quite a good way um, down the way. Yeah, I uh, I look forward to, to uh, getting to read it that actually. I missed Multiversity completely. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Grant Morrison can be sort of impenetrable at the best of times, but uh, I'd, I'd certainly be interested in uh, in having a look at it. I see that that sigil on the front, the the multiversity sigil with the fifty two different coloured Earths and the M shape. I guarantee that's some one of one of Grant Morrison's weird magic chaos sigils that is channeling energy towards him for some purpose. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever read any of uh, of, of Grant Morrison's treatises on on magic. Oh, I've listened to many many interviews, and the man talks some absolute nonsense. But he's such a great storyteller that you actually believe him. You know, he when he talks about like other worlds and aliens and and all sorts, just such a great storyteller. You actually believe him, or at the very least, you believe that he believes it. Um, um tell me about this uh, fantastic, long-awaited, hard to get, uh, and now offered again. Omnibus that you're so excited about. Yeah, so one that I've been chasing for a long, long time. I was never able to quite get all the single issues of it as well. Some of them are quite elusive, low print runs. Uh, I've been able to get the trade paperbacks, but of course, who wants trades when you can have a glorious omnibus? And one thing I love is different takes on the Batman mythos. Again, I talk all the time about how Batman's such a, a, a malleable character. You can do it in so many different ways. But how about a series set in Gotham that's basically like Homicide, Life on the Street? but with superheroes in the background. The title I'm talking about is Gotham Central. Now, you know, Gotham Central is co-written by two of the best in the business. Ed Brubaker, Ooh. Greg Rucka. I mean, that is just a team right there. The art is predominantly by Michael Lark as well. So basically, you've got the, the Lazarus team here, Keith. If this doesn't appeal to you, again, I don't know what will. Well, uh, it absolutely does appeal to me. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, it's essentially looking at what it takes to be a cop in Gotham City, what it takes to try and do your job and abide by the law in a city where a crazy guy in a back costume tries to do your job illegally, where you've got killer clowns and crazed penguins and, you know, attorneys who used to stand up for the law now being two-faced vigilant, uh, two-faced villains. It, it's all about, like, how do you keep your sanity in that? And it's uh, it focuses on Harvey Bullock, Maggie Sawyer and Renee Montoya. They're the main three, along with, sorry, Crispus Allen as well would be another main one. Um, it was 40 issues in total, multiple Eisner award-winning uh, run for best single issue, best writer, best artist. It won tons and tons of awards. And these omnibuses, again, it's it's a $100 omnibus, so it'll be, you know, obviously a bit pricier, but you break that down, it's a couple of quid an issue. And having it in this glorious format is just fantastic. I mean, I think pre-orders in this will be pretty big. The biggest pre-order we've taken so far for omnibuses has been Ultimate Spider-Man, which is due out in the mm -hmm. next couple of weeks. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. this could run it close. I think this is this is always one that people are after because they always seem to do low print runs, and then you're stuck trying to find one in the secondary market. So get your pre-orders in for this. If you want a really well-told adult procedural tale with the odd superhero in the background, like to give you an idea, I think Batman appears once in the first 12 issues, and it's literally oh. as Bullock storms into Gordon's office, and because he enters the office, Batman goes out the window. You literally mm-hmm. see his cape, and that's it. You know, so it focuses very much on the title, and it's very sort of realistic. And again, that creative team is just is just stunning on this. So it's um, I guess it's it's modern modern crime noir of the of the type that we're that that and I know you 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 love, and I am absolutely falling in love with. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. You've got your first uh, you've got your first pre order of that anyway, and me. Yeah, well, with um, two two pre- two pre-orders in this pod out of two, so it's going for a yeah, clean absolutely. sweep. <laughs> uh, I have read the first, well, I think the first six mm-hmm. um, or twelve, and uh, absolutely fantastic stuff. But how could it not be with uh, with with Brubaker and Rocket the helm? Exactly, that team is just is just stunning, as I say. So, so yeah, so I mean, those are the the main picks from the DC book for me. As I say, there's tons of great stuff continuing, but they're just sort of halfway through runs. You know, things like Swamp Thing, Green Hell is continuing. Things like Robin, things like you know Justice League Incarnate, Human Target, you know Batman, Joshua Williamson's run, that kind of thing. So, tons of great stuff in that. But with the DC book, there will be paper copies in the store you can flick through, or you can go on to uh, Google and just search DC Connect, and the latest one I believe is number nineteen. So yeah, so that is pretty much the DC book wrapped up. What about that Marvel book? Ah, uh, well, as we said, there's plenty going on. Um, we know that our ex lives and ex deaths of Wolverine coming to an end in March. So we'll be at issue five of each of those, issue five and six maybe, um, I think. Uh, let me just have a wee... No, issue f- issue three and four. Um, so, but the, uh, the heading up the book, um, and rightfully so, is the return of Ghost Rider with uh, Benjamin Percy on writing duties, uh, who's done such great work on Wolverine and X-Force of late, and Corey Smith on art. There's a number of uh, variant covers for this, including one by Scotty Young. So uh, you should get your, your pitch in there, Alan. <laughs> but uh, the cover by In Hyuk Lee looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm right there for that one. But it's Johnny Blaze. Johnny is the original uh, Ghost Rider, the original Flameheaded Spirit of Vengeance. And when we last saw him, he was uh, retiring from being the King of Hell. And it seems now he has the perfect life a wife and two kids, a job at an auto repair shop and a small town community that supports him. But Johnny is not doing well. He has nightmares of monsters when he sleeps and he sees bloody visions when he's awake. This life is beginning to feel like a prison and there's a spirit in him that's begging to break out. Uh, Benjamin Percy, as we said, Wolverine and X-Force. Corey Smith, Conan the Barbarian and Captain Marvel are going back to basics with the spirit of vengeance in this extra-sized first issue of what looks like an ongoing yeah, that was the most so, important uh, part with the solicitation, I think, was that it wasn't a short-looking series, six issues. Ghost Rider seems to get the short shrift in the Marvel Universe, I think, a little bit. A little bit like Moon Knight as well, although obviously Moon Knight's enjoying a great run at the moment with Jed McKay, but they never seem to be long runs, do they? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, more of a more of a B-list, C-list character, and, and sometimes they just don't get the attention that, that they deserve, or they're always, you know, overshadowed by... Um, you know the the, the uh, amazing Spider-Mans and the, those other, but yeah, definitely uh, I, he deserves a good. I mean, 
he deserves a good long run. He's had a, he's had good long runs in the past. You understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a, a load of issues, a load of issues uh, under Hard Mackey and a few others. But uh, so yeah, I'd like to see that again. I'd like to see him get a really good run. Yeah, and obviously Ben Percy doing great stuff on Marvel at the moment. Obviously with Wolverine, with X Force, uh, and so forth, and you know doing great work AWA as well. He seems to be writing a few indie titles mm. on top of that as well. So, yeah, the the pre-orders in this are already big. I mean, as soon as Ghost Rider was announced, I had at least seven or eight people come in the store and go, uh, "Ghost Rider on my pull list, please." So I think this is going to be a an anticipated one. Uh, one that caught my eye, and again is primarily because of the creators rather than the character, I suppose, was uh, Carnage Forever. So this is going to be a 40-page one-shot, uh, but the, the it's a murderer's row of talent, as we say. So you have Philip Kennedy Johnson writing, Ram V, Ty Templeton, who's done great stuff on uh, Batman Adventures Continue as well. He's doing some art as well, along with Edgar Salazar. So... It seems to be it's been solicited as a killer celebration. Cletus Cassidy is the most notorious serial killer in the Marvel Universe. And it's been 30 years since his first introduction. 30 years of monsters, mayhem and murder. And capital letters, you haven't seen anything yet. With an awesome assembly of creators, this issue will have it all. A look back on Carnage's past, present and just maybe the first hints you'll get of his visceral and violent future. So this might be, a by the sound of it, this is a celebratory issue for 30 years. But also might be setting up where the character is going to go from here. So yeah, I'll I'll jump on this. Uh, I'm always a fan of a good, well-told one-shot. And again, having that uh, creative talent on there definitely catches my eye. And... Uh, yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, Carnage does nothing for me, but Ram V does many things for me. So, uh, so we'll uh, we'll have to, I'll have to reconcile. I'll have to, I'll have to square that circle, as they say. <laughs> um, there's a new X Men book uh, from Tini Howard and Francesco Mobili uh, called Secret X Men. Uh, it says, "Shh, it's the X Men." <laughs> and it kind of looks like uh, Tini Hard was a fan of uh, old school X Factor and old school X Force and is, is throwing them together. It says, when the Shi'ar Empire faces an unexpected threat, they must call upon the X Men. Team co captain Sunspot and Cannonball, former New Mutants and uh, former members of Cable's X Force, must lead Morrow, Tempo, Forge, Banshee, Strong Guy, Armor, and Boom Boom. So uh, Morrow's a wee bit more recent uh, mutant who uh, grows external bones and can pull them out to make daggers and all sorts of horrible stuff. Um, Tempo was a member of the Mutant Liberation Front. Forge was a member of X-Factor. Banshee, we know Banshee, a member of uh, the, the second round of X-Men. Strong Guy's in there, uh, which is uh, always a favourite of mine, a former member of, uh, of X-Factor. Uh, Armour and Boom Boom from X-Force. Uh, so they're on a secret mission to save Princess Zandra. Wait, aren't those the X-Men? Wait, those aren't the X-Men. Aren't those the mutants who lost the election? <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you, you remember, but the the Krakoan election to elect the, the team of X-Men, and of course most of them lost. And let me correct myself. I have noticed that this is not a series; it is a one shot. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a, a poll on Twitter, wasn't it? That uh, they yeah, were basically saying yeah. what character did they want to put into a title. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not too disappointed that it's a one-shot. I mean, my my worry always with X-Men is that there's just too many titles. Uh, but again, that comes from a position of, you know, I don't know that universe as well as certainly yourself. 
you know, I, I always say there's not enough Batman titles, whereas any sane person is like, there's way too many. <laughs> so, and yeah. To be fair, I think the number of uh, the number of X titles is now dropping a little. Yeah, um, few, you know, few few coming to an end recently, isn't it? Few coming to an end recently, yeah, exactly. So, some that I'm not happy to see coming to an end, but what can you do? What can you do, indeed? But uh, yeah, definitely one of your favorite characters getting a brand new number one next up. Yeah, and that's uh, Iron Fist, uh, number one of five by Alyssa Wong and Michael Yig. Um, the cover is by the uh, totally recognizable at all times, Jim Chung. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking for that cover A. Uh, and it asks, who is the new Iron Fist? After giving up his power to save the world, Danny Rand believes he had seen the last of the Iron Fist. But when demons begin to attack cities around the world, a mysterious newcomer in a familiar mask appears, hands blazing with the chi of Shu Lao, the Undying. Who is this new Iron Fist and does his power really come from the Dragon of Kim Lun? Or from something far more sinister. It is, as I say, a five-issue, 32-pager, uh, 3.99. Cover looks fantastic. They've got a new Iron Fist logo on this. Uh, obviously, someone new wielding the 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 power and the mask and the and the symbol of the of the dragon. So uh, let's see where this takes us. Yeah, it seems to be the way to go with both Iron Fist and Shang Chi at the moment. It's five-issue miniseries. It's you know, sort of short stories, continuous volumes, that sort of thing. So, uh, I mean, Iron Fist is a strange one for me because I've enjoyed a couple of runs. I read The Immortal Iron Fist not too long ago on, on your own recommendation for the primary reason that where season two of the TV show stopped really frustrated me because it looked like it was going in some great directions. Yeah, it really did, yeah. You know, that, that end um, scene in the bar uh, was just fantastic with uh, Danny essentially channeling his chi into guns. Uh, yeah, which of course goes back to Orson Randall from the Immortal Iron Fist series, which, have you read yet? Yeah, that's what I was saying, I've been yeah. reading through it recently, yeah, it's uh, Matt Fraction and so forth. So. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was, I mean, that was Fraction, Brubaker involved there as well, you know, uh, that was the quintessential uh, Iron Fist run for me. Yeah. Um, but there's some really, I mean, you know, part of the the the, the Kung Fu exploitation era you know in the 70s you know um the the you know part of the the bruce exploitation era <laughs> um but yeah really a martial arts hero who i've always really enjoyed yeah, so, so interested to see where he goes now what the next what the next uh, step is yes yeah, so that is iron fist one of five and another five issue miniseries sort of caught my eye simply because again a, a few regulars have requested this and shown quite a lot of excitement for it uh is spider gwen gwen verse number one of five now this actually sees tim seeley and i tim seeley has he written an awful lot for marvel before i always think of him more as a, a dc slash indie writer um I'm, tim seeley he's the creator of hack slash and he did a run on nightwing and he, he's done a few different things with dc but oh as i mean his nightwing his nightwing run was was absolutely phenomenal um he he did some exile stuff for marvel i think mm -hmm. um i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure and with regard to with regard to well, no, I, see, I don't know. Well, I see sure. recently, actually, he did something I, I seem to remember you enjoying. It was one of the Heroes Reborn tie-ins, uh, Marvel Double Action. That was that one was with right, a really, yes. really cool cover, like the old school cover on it, wasn't 
He did. He also did uh, Shatterstar uh, back in 2018, but I can't remember. I mean, I'm not sure how far back. Is definitely more of a, I think definitely more of a, a DC guy than a than a Marvel guy for sure. But I've really enjoyed some of the DC stuff, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, as as I say, he's doing this five issue miniseries for, on Spider Gwen Gwenverse. Uh, the artist is Jody Nishijima. Uh, Nishijima, sorry, uh, who was a, a an artist recently in the United States of Captain America, and. Yeah, so this one goes with the subtitle of Not Enough Gwens. When Gwen Stacy was bitten by a radioactive spider, she gained arachnid-like superpowers and started a crime-fighting career as Spider-Woman, or as she's affectionately known to her peers, Ghost Spider. But what would have happened if instead she had picked up the enchanted hammer Mjolnir, or if she received a super soldier serum, or built a high-tech suit of armor, or, well, you get the idea. I mean, this almost sounds a little bit like a what-if series, which is, is kind of interesting, and a multiverse-type series. But I don't think Spider Gwen's your kind of character, is she? I couldn't be less interested, uh, <laughs> you know. But the title's hilarious, Spider Gwen Gwenverse. You know, <laughs> the next series will just be called Gwen 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 Gwen. <laughs> I think you should pitch as... that to Marvel right now. <laughs> Gwen 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 Gwen. Uh, yeah, not not in the least wee bit, not in the least wee bit interested. I would say even with even with Tim Seeley at the helm. Sell it, Keith. A... Sell it. Just yeah, I mean, if, I know there's a lot of people who are. I know there's a lot of people who are, but uh, just and this nah. one's for you, nah, but not for Keith. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim, Tim Seeley, you couldn't. I mean, you couldn't say more about him. I'm sure he'll do a great job. Yeah, no, I'd say so. So, but uh, yeah, I see that uh, we we covered this title before. I think I think this is a resolicit, is it one that we've got on the board and one that we've got in our notes, uh, which is. Um, going to be a new fantastic no. four series or is this is this a fault was that reckoning war zero was it the last one yeah it was it was something along those lines uh i can't quite remember but this is the actual the actual begin of it um this is fantastic Four: reckoning war alpha number one by dan slot and carlos pacheco 15 years in the making all kicks off here uh in the time before the pre uh scroll or shiar empires before the emergence of galaxis before the birth of asgard there was the first war the great war, the greatest war to ever rage across the multiverse. Today it is reignited. This is the day of reckoning. And all that stands between all of reality and revenge from the dawn of time are the heroes of Earth, the Fantastic Four, and the mind of Mr. Fantastic. Stars the FF She-Hulk, Jack of Hearts, the Unseen, who is Nick Fury, Silver Surfer, and everyone in the whole damn Marvel Universe. 40-page one-shot coming in at four ninety-nine, um, And uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, is that a Brian Hitch cover as well? Brian Hitch cover, of course, the current artist on Venom, and what a great job he did on mm-hmm. issue one, which I'm sure we'll talk about in an upcoming pod. Uh, thing. But no, there was a there was a there was a prelude to this ah. uh, last month. And then I see below it as well. You've got Fantastic Four Forty, uh, which is also Reckoning War, and uh, it, it looks to me. I mean, this is the thing. I thought there was just going to be that Alpha issue, and then it would all be in Fantastic Four. So we'll ju- we'll just keep a wee eye on this and see if it's going to be maybe a little bit like how Spider Man does the dot bey issues at the moment for dot beyond. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's going to be a couple of one shots along the way. Uh, but yeah, Fantastic Four Forty is this month as well, and that's all very much tying into this massive epic that Dan Slott's been working on for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of one shots, is is this another one that ties into the Eternals? Yes, absolutely. The uh, the Eternals, the Undying. Um, so it's another Kieran Gillen. Uh, the uh, the artist in this is Ryan Bodenham, and we've got a cover by Andreo Sorrentino. Um, 
it ties directly. It is a one shot, and these one shots have been doing a great job of exploring stuff that isn't part of the well. It's 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 part of the main story, but it just goes into these things in a wee bit more detail. Should you should you want that, or or takes a, a different look at something else? So. Thanos is now the ruler of the Eternals, and believe it or not, he's actually not the worst ruler that the Eternal Society has ever seen. No, that honour belongs to someone even more horrific. Thanos is evil, yes, but who was the original evil from whom all eternal evils descend? Meet Uranus, the Undying, and may the Celestials have mercy on your souls. Um, yeah, Kieran Gillen is just is using these just to weave a, a depth to the story. Uh, you know, to bring to bring depth to those slightly further out um, moments or whatever. So yeah, I've been I've been collecting all of these and uh, just doing a doing a great job, doing a great job. Have you seen the movie yet? Still no. <laughs> oh, do it. Oh, it's, do it. It's Get it. depressing, man. I just the cinema Bond was the last thing we saw in the cinema, and since then there has been Halloween Kills, Eternals, June, Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, it's one thing after another, but we're. I mean, we're I feel best. sort of like you're. I feel sort of like you're not seeing Dune just because you know uh, that you'll then owe me twenty quid. <laughs> it was all about the box office, not about what was a better movie. <laughs> better, better right. movies are subjective, so that would be an impossible <laughs> bet to win. Let's be honest. All right, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I desperately want to get back to the cinema. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm actually holding out because I'm thinking with that new IMAX opening in Belfast. I wonder if June will play on that because I'm pretty yeah, sure. Don't, don't, bigger the screen, the better. You know? Yeah, bigger don't the screen, the better. But uh, yeah, back to comics, uh, and we have a, a series of different tie-ins to Devil's Reign, which of course is the upcoming Chip Zdarsky, Marco Cicchetto, uh Marvel Daredevil-centric event, but is of course incorporating the whole Marvel Universe. And there's actually two that's caught my eye here. One of them I've, I've got in our notes, which is De- Devil's Reign Spider-Man, uh, which is going to be a three-issue tie-in uh, written by Anthony Piper, art by Zay Carlos, variant cover by Mark Bagley, so something for me to keep an eye on for Keith. Uh, but yeah, for this one, it just again, it's it can be difficult to you know preview these things without having spoilers. But they they've been very sort of subtle with how they solicit this. With the events of Devil's Room One and Two, have put Spidey in an awful position. As if that weren't enough, the newly returned rules has Spidey in his crosshairs and wants to prove that he's better than his dad, Keen or Keenpin ever was. Although on the Newsarama website it says Kingin. Unless that's Kingpin's, you know, less successful brother. But no, the other one that caught my eye, it's actually a number two. So uh, we, we might not have uh, pointed out number one. But for me, this is the best Marvel cover of the month. And it's Devil's Reign X-Men. And there's this absolutely gorgeous Phil Nudo cover. And he's doing the interior art as well. And Jerry Duggan's writing these ones. And I just think the, the solicit for this sounds really interesting. So it turns out that attending Hellfire Club soirees was not the naughtiest thing Emma Frost was up to in the time before she joined the X-Men. And the dirty deeds she did for Wilson Fisk are coming back to haunt her. So I think that sounds really interesting. And again, I can't say enough about that cover. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, you've got black-suited Spidey swinging through. You've Emma Frost on there. You have Sue Storm. You've got, you know... Um, Nick Fury on there is that Dazzler as well and and She Hulk uh, yeah just yeah, absolutely beautiful lovely um I'm going slightly off piste with the next one Alan I hope you don't mind um but not so far off piste that it's not included in the Marvel previews book uh, and that's because it's the Marvel Multiverse role playing game playtest rulebook trade paperback with a Iban Koala cover um it's written by a well known game designer and contributor named Matt Forbeck. 
and it's introducing the Marvel multiverse role-playing game. Take on the roles of the Mar- of Marvel's most famous superheroes to create or create entirely new ones to fight some of the most dangerous supervillains in the Marvel universe. Join Marvel uh, and tabletop RPG fans alike in the upcoming playtest of Marvel's new game, co-created by Matt Forbeck, the Marvel Encyclopedia, Dungeons and Dragons: Endless Quest. And packed with illustrations by Marvel's amazing artists, the playtest rulebook features a subset of rules for the upcoming game, including character creation and combat, plus an introductory scenario and full profiles for some of Marvel's greatest heroes, Spider-Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Wolverine and more. To get started, all you need is this book, three six-sided dice and a group of friends. Players who grab the playtest book will have a chance to offer final, offer official feedback on the rules and help shape the game for its full release. Don't miss out on this chance to influence and enjoy the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game. 104 pages. It's a tenner. Trim size. Sign me up. <laughs> All over <laughs> that role-playing game. Playtest rulebook then. Uh, just... Yes, let's uh, let's let's grab that and uh, we'll run a wee game for a few heads in store and, uh, and give them our feedback. Yeah, could be a plan. Could be a plan. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of other great stuff through the Marvel book, a lot of continuing great series, things like Thor, things like Venom, She-Hulk, um, the new run from Donny Cates on Hulk, tons of great stuff there, Silver Surfer Rebirth and so forth. But one interesting little note I've just noticed um, at the bottom of, of our article is Keith said some of the solicits go as far as March, and there's a couple of interesting ones just caught my eye there on March mm-hmm. 2nd. So... Carnage uh, Forever is clearly, as I speculated, setting up a Carnage title, given the Carnage number one is out in March. Uh, Devil's Reign Moon Knight tie-in could be cool. But one that definitely catches my eye is What If, Miles Morales number one. So they obviously did a great What If tale recently. The What If, you know, uh, Spider's Shadow, it was the Chip Zdarsky, Pasquale Ferry story. Chip designed a new What If logo, and, and then just it all went quiet on the What If front. So it's good mm-hmm. to see that they are actually going to be continuing with that, which is good to see. Sure thing. Also nice to see a Doctor Strange number one, following up the death of Doctor Strange, because <laughs> why else? Yeah, we just need to know if that's uh, being written by Jed McKay, and then we'll uh, we'll be all over that. But the man is yeah, writing absolutely. plenty of books for Marvel at the moment, so maybe not. For sure. We for shall sure. see. But yeah, tons of other great stuff in the book, as I say. But again, these books will be available in the store. And if you do want to get a sneaky look before coming to the store, just search Newsorama and Marvel Solicits and you will be able to uh, be able to have a look through those. So that is DC. Call it a day on Marvel then? That's DC and Marvel done. So we're going to be on to our indie stuff as ever to finish. So again, I think the bulk of the indie book is taken up from Image and it's, it's a mixture of curious one-shots uh, brand new titles and some great collections as well so i mean the first thing that caught my eye and this is worth almost coming into the store just to look at the previews pages for this oh my god this title looks absolutely mm. gorgeous uh this is a title called step by bloody step this is a brand new number one it's going to be a four issue mini series uh written by simon spurrier so him again popping up uh, and the artist on this is someone called Mateus lopez and the solicit reads, an armored giant and a helpless child. Together they cross an astonishing world brimming with beasts, bandits, and deadliest by far civilizations. If they stop walking, the earth itself forces them onwards. Why? The child can't ask. She and her guardian have no language, no memory, nothing except each other. Multiple eyes are normally Spurrier, Matthias Bagara, and Matthias Lopez present a watershed moment in modern comics. Four double-length chapters of a bittersweet fantasy opus, which are completely text-free. Uh, let's take a walk. It even comes with a little uh, 
little blurb from Jeff Lemire saying Step by Bloody Step may be my new favorite comic. So oh. the fact that this is going to be the equivalent of a silent issue is really, really interesting. But the art, again, just looks unbelievable. Oh, interesting. That uh, yeah, it looks it does look it does look fantastic, and no no speech bubbles to cover up that beautiful art. Exactly, it's an artist stream. This title clearly. <laughs> yeah, I would I would I would say so by the sounds of it. Um, speaking of artists' dreams, uh, we have uh, the uh, image official image timeline one shot by uh, and uh, by Jim Valentino, and of course, thirty years ago, image was founded by a group of a group of artists from. Uh, various big two comic companies uh, and this is out as i say just in time to celebrate images 30th anniversary it's by image archivist and co-founder jim valentino who details the company's history warts and all it says in the single most comprehensive chronology of the company ever published featuring rarely seen covers photos milestones and behind the scenes events from the company's marvelous beginnings so present uh, this is the chronicle all future histories will be judged against. Featuring an introduction by image publisher Eric Stevenson and a chronicle of historic image accolades printed in a beautiful 64 prestige format. Uh, that's out in the 2nd of February. That'll be interesting, warts and all, it says. But, uh, I mean, if you want warts and all, all you have to do is listen to is listen to Rob's, Rob's Revision podcast. Well, <laughs> to a degree, that's warts and all from one <laughs> viewpoint. Uh, of course it is. What I would recommend is going on YouTube and searching the uh, documentary "So Much Damage: The History oh, of yeah. uh, Image Comics." But, but yeah, no, this Obvious. looks really, really cool. I, I would say if it's warts and all, it's going to be longer than sixty-four pages, though, as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at the cover to this, and the cover is essentially, you know, shrunk down a whole pile of covers from some of Image's most important titles. And you look at some of the stuff here, like it's, you know, it's Bone, it's Walking Dead, it's happy it's invincible it's department of truth it's saga it's sex criminals you know you you do forget you know the sheer volume and wealth of great titles image have produced mm-hmm. uh although, a lot of the early earlier mark smiller stuff before he went miller world yeah well. yeah definitely um although it is a shame not to see deadly class on there i mean not even showcase mm. your best title image that is just poor form <laughs> invincible's on there they've done it would you put invincible ahead of walking dead uh it's ooh, tight no that's tight. that is it is tight it is tight for sure uh that that would be like trying to decide between your two children really wouldn't it <laughs> yeah this is very true but you, you'd always know in your heart that you preferred one child over the other so of course of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah no that looks really really interesting again it's just a wee one shot so uh definitely one to keep an eye on there i mean a, a bulk of the the rest of the image book is taken up by graphics we'll get to those in a second but i'll jump slightly ahead in our notes and just go to rogue sun and that's because this is, seems to be getting ready to usher in a big crossover event in image comics which we haven't seen to degree i mean there is the title crossover i suppose which is doing it to a degree but this is one that seems a lot more planned a lot more creators involved and also um, is going to be bringing in a lot of their superhero uh, universe. Mm. So it seems to be that uh, the first one you would read is Supermassive. So Supermassive is written, three different writers involved, Kyle Higgins, Rand Parrott, so you've got Power Rangers writers past and present there, uh, and Matt Groom, and then the art is by Francesco Mana and Igor Monti. So this is uh, solicited as the superhero crossover event of 2022. 2021's hottest new superhero Radiant Black launches into his first ever crossover event with the Image Comics debut of Inferno Girl Red and the first appearance of Rogue Sun. The future of Image's superhero universe is here. 
Power Rangers Shattered Grid Architects, Kyle Higgins and Ram Parrot, Matt Grimm and Francesco Mana from Marvel's Ultraman, and Colorist Extraordinaire Igor Monti unite for a one-shot extra-length crossover event. So big it can only be called Supermassive. So they're kicking things off with a big one-shot just to obviously bring in new readers, mm. just to set up the world. But the question and has that, to be asked, uh, where is Invincible? Well, that's the, that is the question. Invincible is in his, in his own little universe. But they are leading straight in then to the first issue of Rogue Son, which is written by Ryan Parrott, who is one of that trio uh, writing uh, Supermassive, with art by Abel and Chris O'Halloran. Um, and I think there's a cover by Declan Shelby there as well. Yes, indeed. And... Uh, where Rogue Son gets their first appearance in Supermassive. This is their first issue. It says, Yesterday, New Orleans' greatest hero, Rogue Son, was murdered. Today, rebellious teenager Dylan Siegel discovers that Rogue Son was his estranged father, Marcus, and he's inherited his father's mantle. Tasked with protecting our world from the forces of the supernatural and solving his father's murder, Dylan will be forced to come to terms with the man he spent the majority of his life hating. From acclaimed writer Ryan Parrott, Mighty Morphin, Power Rangers, Dead Day, and rising star artist Abel, uh, Harley Quinn, Crimes, Crimes of Passion, uh, comes a supernatural murder mystery that explores the complicated bond between father and son and cements itself squarely in a corner of Image Comics superhero universe. Um, lovely, lovely cover, really interesting. Looks like something out of uh, Once in Future, actually. Um, and uh, that's never a bad thing. And yeah, I'm really interested. I mean, Radiant Black is fantastic. Radiant Black's brilliant. So, I mean... I'm really interested to see where this goes and, you know, if Kyle Higgins is, is part of Mastermind in this, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see where it goes. It's interesting because a little bit of that solicit sounds a little bit like Stealth. Remember the the title yeah. not too long ago? Yeah. You know, obviously mm-hmm. the idea of legacy, the idea of a superhero and his father before him, he was a superhero sort of thing. And, and again, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's a character they'll bring in along the way. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this is going to bring in the whole Image universe uh, into a crossover or if it's just going to be this tiny little corner of it. It feels like a corner of the universe that, that these guys are creating, I don't, I don't think we'll be seeing Invincible. I don't think we'll be seeing Stealth. Those are, mm. those are both Kirkman characters originally. Um, I, I mean, they they would fit well. Invincible wouldn't fit. Invincible has an entire universe built around him already. You know what I mean? And that that story is done, as you know. Um, but I mean, yeah, Stealth would fit would fit nicely. You know, we've got the the sort of alien cosmic pard sometimes street level hero in radiant black we've got something supernatural here in rogue sun um yeah i don't know stealth gives you the alien high-tech hero uh, yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting thought yeah definitely one to keep an eye on though i mean kyle higgins has been killing it in radiant black and mm-hmm. you know the idea of a crossover event is is never a bad thing as long as there's not 92 tie-ins to it as well so, yeah, I mean, from here on in with the image book, I mean, or the image section, I should say, it was predominantly uh, taken up for me by sort of trade paperback collections or hardcovers or deluxe editions, that kind of thing. And, and four in particular stood out. So the first one that really stood out for me is Echo Lands. This is a title we've been really enjoying from J.H. Williams III um, yep. with uh, contributions from Hayden Blackman, Dave Stewart, Todd Klein as well. So this is a unique book in that it's told in a sideways format, so to speak. So normally with a comic, you've got your traditional book format, but this turns it on its side. It's it's almost like the landscape, I suppose, to, you know, portrait 
but it really justifies it. I mean, normally I think things like that are a little bit of a gimmick, but in this case, it really justifies it. It's almost like a widescreen movie in your hands, and the art is just absolutely gorgeous the whole way through it. Uh, so to give you the solicit information in case you're you're coming to this fresh, it's the story of Earth's last war starts with Hope's sticky fingers. The multiple award-winning Batwoman team of J.H. Williams III and W.H. Uh, Hayden Blackman reunites. They're joined once again by Colour Supreme Dave Stewart and Master Letterer Todd Klein. In a bizarre future world that has forgotten its history, reckless thief Hope Redwood holds the key to excavating its dark, strange past. If only she and her crew can escape a tyrannical wizard and his unstoppable daughter. But fate will send them all on a path leading to a war between worlds. It's uh, Echolands is a landscape format, mythic fiction epic where anything is possible. Uh, a fast-paced genre mashup adventure that combines everything from horror movie vampires to classic mobsters and cyborg elves. I mean, come on, tell me this is not the greatest sounding thing in the world. <laughs> this is very much an advanced solicit. This is uh, actually joined May 11th of next year. But uh, I can see there features an all-new cover as well. And honestly, if you don't get your hands on the single issues of this, I think that is going to be an absolutely glorious edition. So that yeah, is... Yeah, it's, it's, it is fantastic stuff. It really is. It's uh, Red Issue 3, I think, there this week past. Mm-hmm. 4, maybe. can't remember. But it's it's great stuff. It combines like fairy tales and, and uh, apocalypses. And uh, it's, it's all sorts of stuff. Like It's great, great stuff. Yeah, so uh, that is the Echolands Volume 1 hardcover. But for me, the standout image one this month uh, comes from one of my favourite creators. He's a wrestling fan, he's a brilliant artist, and also responsible for my uh, favourite graphic novel of last year, which was Wonder Woman Dead Earth. But what is actually getting a re-release in a glorious deluxe uh, hardcover edition? Uh, at a very reasonable looking $30 as well for a, a deluxe hardcover, which is 8 issues long. Uh, this is Murder Falcon. So Daniel Warren Johnson writing and doing the art. His colorist is Mike Spicer, who works with him most of the time, actually. Was his Better colorist Bill. on Better A Bill, absolutely. So for this one from superstar creator Daniel Warren Johnson, the world is under attack by hideous monsters and Jake's life is falling apart until he meets Murder Falcon. Murph was sent from the heavy to destroy all evil, but he can't do it without Jake shredding up a storm. Now with every chord Jake plays on his guitar, the power of metal fuels Murder Falcon into all-out kung fu fury on those that seek to conquer Earth. This new edition collects the entire Murder Falcon miniseries and the Skybound X short story along with covers, a sketchbook, in one oversized hardcover volume. So again, this is an advanced solicit. Again, it's not out until May, but you're going to want this. This was such a fun book. Glorious art the whole way through, as you would expect. Tremendous fun, great humour, and uh, it, it also... Um, check marks a lot of different bands and songs along the way, so it's going to have you getting the playlist ready. Uh, All right, okay. I'm quite sure there's probably a murder fucking playlist out there. I would not be surprised in the slightest. Um, so just a couple to finish off with, where uh, from Image, which are both horror based. Uh, the first one being Razor Blades Omnibus Hardcover Book One. So. Razor Blades is essentially an anthology horror format. It was created by James Tinney in the fourth, and he at- essentially would take uh, stories from top-level creators every month. It started off as digital only, then it was uh, available through Tiny Onion Studios, which is uh, Tinian's um, official studio that he set up himself. But he seems to have signed a deal with Image. They're going to release an omnibus, which is going to collect the first five issues of this all together. So to give you an idea of some of the people involved with this, you've got Tinian writing stuff, you've got Steve Fox, Ram V, Marguerite Bennett, you've got uh, Scott Snyder, uh, loads of great people involved with this. Um, 
So yeah, it's uh, solicited as the self-published terror sensation arrives in a deluxe hardcover collecting the first year. Uh, co-created by James Tinian and Steve Fox, uh, Razor Blades Omnibus contains over 350 pages of horror from some of the most cutting-edge names in the genre, from monsters in the closet to bodies stuffed in washing machines. Razor Blades redefines horror comics for the next era. Also includes prose, illustrations, and in-depth interviews with horror icons such as Scott Snyder. This collects Razor Blades, the horror magazine, at 1 to 5. So, again, a little bit of an advanced solicit. This is not until April 27th. But yeah, if you like your horror stuff, there's some really disturbing stuff in this. I've read the first two vo- two issues of it digitally. Uh, Patty was kind enough to, to send them to me. But uh, if you like your horror, it's uh, it's definitely a really good uh, a good one to pick up. And uh, if you like your horror, the next one is also and yeah yeah and, and if you've missed it uh, in single issues, which if you listen to this podcast, you shouldn't have uh, because we've been ranting about it since it, uh, since before it came out. Um, we have uh, the me you love in the dark uh, out on in trade paperback collecting uh, issues one to five of this phenomenal series by uh, Scotty Young uh, of I Hate Fairyland, Deadpool and Strange Academy fame and his uh, partner in crime artist Jorge Corona who known for number one with the bullets, super suns and feathers as they follow up their critically acclaimed series Middle West with a haunting new tale. Um, the story sees artist Roe retreating from the grind of the city to an old house in a small town hoping to find solace and inspiration only to realise that the muse she finds within may not be what she expected. It's for fans of Stephen King and Neil Gaiman. It's described as beautiful, dark a disturbing story of discovery, love, and terror, and I would absolutely agree with that because this is one of the most this sort of disturbing romantic stories that I have ever read. It's so good. Yeah, it's a title as well. That despite being five issues, it feels longer. You know, it's it's the story's taken many twists, many turns. It's a turns romantic, as you say. Other times horrific. Other times really uncomfortable. Other times it. it it seems like a meditation on ambition and inspiration. Uh, yeah, just a brilliant. But I mean, you would expect mm. no less from these guys after Middle West. Which I mean, I think, a... I think it feels longer because the, the 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 sort of low key terror of it sticks with you between issues. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that. But it's yeah, it's a great, it's a great series, great series, and beautiful, beautiful looking. Yeah. Absolutely. That'll, I think that'll be a big seller in Storm, and we obviously push Middle West quite substantially, and yeah, just me loving the dark has been great the whole way through. So, yeah, that's pretty much the image side of things covered, so we'll have a look at some other um, other publishers, and it's a, it's a couple of interesting ones, the, the next few, uh, and it's predominantly graphic novel based, but in some cases they're ones that have been, you know, um, published in English for the first time, or they're ones that were digital first series collected as graphics. There's actually a couple from Dark Horse this month that, that caught my eye, and the first one is one called The Crows. So this is a uh, hardcover that is due out in April. It's written by Anders Feger, and art by Peter Bergting. And this is the first time this has been translated into English. So the the cover art is beautiful and atmospheric. And the, the solicit reads, When Kim inherits her grandparents' house in rural Sweden, there are still notes posted everywhere, reminders and drawings of the monsters that haunt this house and the land. But the monsters are in Kim's head too, and the traumatic memories of an unsettling upbringing. 
Dive into this stunning graphic novel full of darkness, reconciliation, and exploration of the self from acclaimed creators Anders Feger and Peter Bergting. I mean, this is one that very much, it was just the solicit that, that caught my eye. There was a, a few pages of previews art as well. Other than that, I know nothing about it, but it just Ooh. sounds really intriguing to me. Um, so that is that one. The other Dark Horse one is Dark Horse are essentially continuing their uh, collaboration with Comixology Original. So any Comixology Original digital series that, that are deemed, quote, worthy enough, I suppose, for a uh, for a printing into uh, an, into a trade paperback are done through Dark Horse. So we've already seen a couple from Chip Zdarsky. Uh, I know Scott Snyder's talking about certain ones from Scott Tober are going to be published through Dark Horse. But this one caught my eye again because of the creator, uh, which is Stephanie Phillips. You know, I've been enjoying her work in DC Comics at the moment. I believe you've been enjoying her work in A Man Among You uh, mm-hmm. as another one. And she's done a few other indie books as well that have been great. And this one just looks like an old-fashioned 1940s movie poster. So you've got Tommy guns in the front of it, and you've got a photo of Hitler burning. So it's a title called We Only Kill Each Other. Uh, so as I say, written by the aforementioned Stephanie Phillips, art by Peter Krauss, and um, Dave Johnson doing covers. So with World War II on the horizon, Nazi sympathizers and fascists have taken root on American soil in alarming numbers, intending to push the U.S. towards an alliance with Germany. When the lone hope of stopping the American Nazi movement falls to Jewish-American gangsters currently entrenched in a violent turf war, the gangsters find that there's only one thing they hate more than each other. Nazis. So that sounds good to me. I mean, you can't argue with a solicitation like that. No, sir. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's We Only Kill Each Other, which is a, uh, a trade paperback. So... We've got two up from Boom next. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one. There's one that I'm very much looking forward to and one that you're very much looking forward to. So why don't you take point on this one? Yeah, so uh, the one that I'm very much looking forward to is um, is from Boom Studios, as you say. It's all new Firefly number one. So I think the current Firefly series under Greg Pack is coming to an end. And uh, our, our friend of the podcast and Canto Co creator david m Bohr is uh, is fulfilling a dream uh following a fantastic one shot called river runs chronicling the uh the the story of, uh, of simon and river tam uh prior to the, the firefly tv series uh following that he has obviously been uh, been tapped by boom for a uh for a, an ongoing series and uh i mean i'm i'm quite sure they had decided before i tweeted them saying <laughs> definitely need to do that but this uh, was all like you to, keith all i like to hope i had you know but anyway um the new creative team of rising star writer david m Bohr, canto and artist jordi perez queen of bad dreams kick off an all-new shiny direction for the crew of the serenity captain Cayley leads the crew on a heist that proves too much for their moral code but when mercenaries steal the relics away it turns into a recovery mission meanwhile unexpected revelation about jane's family and past further complicate things but how will Jane's past glide with the crew's desperate present, especially when it leads them to steal from not the thieves then they had in mind? Um, sounds good. Looks good. Obviously, it is continuing on from the, the current storyline. Uh, we have uh, Kaylee taking over as captain. Um, Wash uh, is dead. And, uh, his daughter, his young daughter, and uh, is part of the crew. And Mal has taken more of a more of a back seat. Um, following an experience so this will be this will be i'm really interested to see what uh, what david will do with this 
you know, considering the heart that he writes into into Canto, and the uh, you know the snappy dialogue that sort of uh, typifies Firefly, um, I think he'll, I think it'd be all over it, and I'm really looking forward to to him doing well. Yeah, as I say, I I just put that all down to you, Keith. I think you got him that job. I think he owes you royalties. <laughs> uh, I think I wouldn't that... even ask. He's too nice. <laughs> very, very true. Very, very true. So, yeah. So that was the the all new Firefly title from Boom Studios. The other one that caught my eye is a title called Killer Affairs of the State. There's going to be a six issue mini series, and, and number one is kicking off this month. Uh, and what this actually is is a tie in to an upcoming David Fincher Netflix film. Uh, so it's the the solicit reads. I should say sorry. It's written by Mats, uh, and uh, the art is by Luc Yakamon. And for this one, it's Cotton put to work as an on-call assassin for the French government. Killer has to adjust to working with a handler, a partner, and living life as a civilian. An underhanded target, a city hall employee, leads Killer and his partner Nicholas towards a sinister web of city-wide city-wide corruption. But while Nicholas assures Killer that it's all for the greater good, will Killer ever be able to get back to his nihilistic lifestyle, free from debt and government associations? So, uh, Discover the Eisner Award-nominated series, ahead of the upcoming Netflix film directed by David Fincher, written by Andrew Kevin Walker. So that is the seven team right there, writer and director, and starring Michael Fassbender. So... It's not often you get a lot of comic prequels to sort of big budget movies or, or prestige movies like this. So that alone uh, meant that it, it caught my attention, certainly. So, yeah, that is The Killer Affairs of the State from Boom. So there's just a couple of wee ones to finish off with that we have up on the board. The first one being from Ablaze Comics, which is not normally a, uh, a label that I would, you know, pick up a lot of stuff from. But when the artist and co-creator of a title is Marco Cicchetto, you're paying attention. Uh, so yes, this is uh, Marco Cicchetto of Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil fame. Uh, very much so. Uh, you always enjoy those issues of Daredevil the most when Marco Cicchetto's on it. So that's uh, a testament to him. And, and the upcoming Devil's Reign, of course, he'll be the, the artist on that. So it's a title called Life Zero. So a brand new number one hit in February 9th. The writer is Stefano Vietti and Marco Cicchetto doing art and covers. So... From the artist of Marvel Comics' Daredevil, Marco Cicchetto comes a thrilling new adventure. Where were you when the cloud arrived? Where were you when the world changed forever? Where were you when people started dying? Ablaze is proud to present Life Zero by Stefano Vietti and Marco Cicchetto with colours by Andres Mossa. At the limits between science fiction, action and horror is Life Zero. So, yeah, it's totally a case of following creators as much as anything there. Uh, Cicchetto drawing it. Yeah, I'm in. Definitely issue one and two. Give that a give that a chance and what have we got up next we title from aftershock why don't you tell us about this yeah we we title from some local boys um at aftershock uh we have uh gareth ennis uh who uh, you may or may not know uh i'm sure you know uh, <laughs> from the boys preacher uh, dreaming eagles and uh, a man who has a bit of an obsession with world war ii uh and uh yeah and and, and pj holden uh, who well known for his work on Judge Dredd and also working alongside Garth Ennis on the String Bags and World of Tanks. They're presenting an oversized prestige format miniseries uh, uh, in 1994, 1944, sorry. <laughs> Imperial Japan still commands most of Asia. Determined to regain their hold in Burma, the British send a special forces unit, the Chindits, deep behind Japanese lines. Their mission is to attack the enemy wherever they find him 
What waits for them is a nightmare equal to anything the Second World War can deliver. Colonel Keith Crosby and Dr. Alastair Whittemore have old scores to settle, being veterans of the long retreat through Burma two years before, but neither the jungle nor the foe have gotten any less savage, and when the shooting starts and the Japanese descend on the smaller British force in their midst, every man will be tested to his limit. It's a tale of hellish jungle warfare, as apparently civilised human beings descend into an apocalyptic heart of darkness. This is the stuff that Garth Ennis does really well. He's got a real personal interest, um, obsession maybe with, with World War Two. It's always so well researched. He's he's almost an academic on the topic, um, you know, and, the, and, the, and that. So if this is, you know, if that's your bag, this is the best way you can you can explore it in our medium, I would say. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, those two like do like working together. There is an original graphic novel that you you talked about there, the string bags, which is available in store. It's a good big chunky hardcover that they both worked on. So, and then and again, we we seem to be highlighting aftershock titles pretty much every week at the moment. So there's always something of interest coming from them. Uh, but yeah, just a couple more just to finish off with. We've got AWA Studios. You know, we always like to showcase their new titles. Uh, they have a brand new number one this month from Al Madrigal with art by Carlo Barberi. Uh, and this is a title called Primo. It's going to be a four-issue miniseries. Uh, centuries ago, two Mayan brothers constructed a spacecraft that sent them hurtling into outer space. Returned to Earth only to find their culture and civilization destroyed, one of the brothers vows revenge and seeks to decimate the planet with intergalactic technology gathered on his travels. To prevent this, his sibling creates a contingency plan that activates the world's protectors, descendants of their own family. Now the fate of the planet lies in the hands of three cousins scattered throughout Central and North America who have never even met. AWA have just been knocking it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. Short runs, genre storytelling, well told, great creators, finite storylines. So that'll be another one to, to look forward to. And they're also releasing this month the uh, trade paperback collection of Fight Girls. I love this title. It actually only finished there last week with issue five. I'll definitely be chatting about in an upcoming pod but this is written created and drawn by frank chu so this one was 10 hard as nails women facing off in an ancient contest of champions where the winner truly takes all the title of queen of the galaxy to win the challenge each contestant must survive the hazards of the planet's harsh landscape the ferocious predators on and below its surface and their fellow contestants this this edition of the contest has a twist one of the contestants is an infiltrator who has her on something bigger than the prize who is she and what does she really want that was a great title. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and some, some of the best art of this year. And then the last one I'm going to finish off with is, again, a testament to fallen creators as much as anything. And this is uh, a valiant title. Do not adjust your your headsets. We are talking a valiant title. Uh, the one I just wanted to throw out a bit of attention for is Shadow Man by Delano and Adlard. So Shadow Man was a, a character that I actually had some familiarity in the late 90s with, simply because there was a really great computer game made uh, by Acclaim Studios, came out in the Sega Dreamcast, was a great third-person adventure game. And the reason I'm highlighting this is because A, it's the first time in print, and B, this was the basis for the storyline of the computer game. So it's written by Jamie Delando and art by Walking Dead's Charlie Adler. So for it, uh, they're just collecting just their storylines um, that they both worked on, as I said, that was the the sort of what was the basis for the game. So from horror icons, Jamie Delando and Charlie Adler comes a chilling volume that will take New Orleans nighttime guardian all the way to hell and back. There's a dead man walking the streets of the Big Easy looking for vengeance. Jack Boniface, once the guardian of the night called Shadow Man. 
What does he want to kill? The new Shadow Man Zero, Hitman Killer, a guy with a past and the power of the dead. So this collects Shadow Man, the 1997 run from number 5 to number 15. So a wee bit of an advanced list. This is due out March 23rd, but I'm always looking for entry points into Valiant stuff because I just don't read anything from them, but they they must be putting some good stuff out there. So uh, I definitely think I'm going to give this a go and more Charlie Adler art, so can't, can't go wrong with that. Absolutely, absolutely. I was a wee bit surprised whenever I saw that you know, it was a 1997 series originally, and it connects 5 to 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, 97 will be sort of the volume number, I suppose. That'll be when the first issue was printed, but 5 to 15, well, over 10 months, I suppose, so it would, it would probably be about right. Well, I guess what I mean is, where's the first four? <laughs> Obviously, they weren't worked on by Delano and Adler. <laughs> Obviously. So, yeah, uh, again, finished off with the Valiant title. I bet you weren't expecting that. So yeah, so that is pretty much our overview of the December book. So again, a bulk of these titles are due out in February, though a lot of the graphic novels are slightly advanced solicits, maybe due out in March and beyond. So uh, as ever, if you want to, if any titles appeal to you, get in touch with the store, pop into the store, or give us a message on Facebook, drop us an email, whatever. Uh, the, the previews order is due on the 17th of December. It's due a little earlier this month than normal, simply because obviously we've got the Christmas period coming up. Sorry to mention the C word, Keith. Uh, so it's there's... all right. It's it's December now. I don't mind it being mentioned. It's all good. <laughs> so it's going to be uh, a slightly earlier order, as I say. So if you just get your stuff into us, let us know. We'll we'll get anything added to your pull list that we need to. Uh, and again, the previous books, they're always in the shop, so you can always pop in, have we flick through them and, and discover some stuff for yourself as well. So I think we will leave it there. That is a good deep dive hour and a half into the previews book. Yes, sir. That was uh, that was great fun. There's uh, as always, you know, I go into the the book going, yep, um, these are the things that I want to highlight, and these are the things that I want to order. And then by the time we're finished, that list has grown thanks to uh, some of the bits and pieces that you've that you've said. <laughs> That's what we're here for. If we can convince each other into some of these things, then I think we can <laughs> definitely convince other people. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, as I say, I hope this proves useful as ever, guys. I mean, these previous pods are always about just trying to get the information out there a bit more and trying to help you negotiate the big bad world of comics and its upcoming releases. So, uh, again, I uh, hope you're all keeping well out there. Thanks for listening. And uh, reviews pods are on the way soon as well as we continue our catch up. So, we'll look forward to chatting to you guys soon. Cheers again. So, I've been Alan Taylor, and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1 and I'm a Scannison 00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.